Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, back from a very long holiday season and dark, dark winter. Not really back from the winter. And I'm here today with my co-host, Shayna. Hello. Hello. Shayna, how was your very long and dark holiday season well, that that just <laughs> keeps continuing? You know, it was amazing because it wasn't dark. We um, escaped Sweden. And went to Grand Canaria and did an all-inclusive, and it was perfect. It's nice that you got to go thaw out for a while in the Canary Islands. Yeah. So that's uh, well needed. I went to uh, the French Riviera for a few days to try to get some sun. So that was... uh, that was good, except that uh, we all got sick oh, on the everybody got on the sick. last day. Yeah. yeah, not COVID or anything. Just like I don't know, I, I don't have one single person that didn't get sick over the holidays, like it, in whatever yeah. shape or form. So that's just how it goes. We're back to the world as we knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, our guest today is Matteo, and I all I've been told, Matteo, is that you're from all over. <laughs> A uh, little bit of Argentina, a little bit of Canada, a little bit of Italy. Correct. Yeah, I think that's a good mix right there. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's it was a pleasure to get to talk about what what brought us here in Sweden. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you can clear up for for me. Where do these places fit in, and what places am I missing? Okay. So. I was born in Argentina, mm-hmm. in Buenos Aires. Both my parents are Argentinian, but my grandfather is Italian, and that will come into play a little bit later. Um, when I was nine, my parents moved to Toronto from Buenos Aires because my mom was a diplomat, but sounds like a big fancy thing, but really <laughs> it was luck that we got that opportunity to go. And we took it. And so when I was nine, I, I until I was 20, I lived in as a Canadian citizen, you can say. And then when, just before turning 20, my parents are like, okay, we're tired of Canada, we're going to move to Spain. They gave me an uh, an ultimatum, which is really not that much of a, it was not a difficult choice to make because they said, okay, either you stay in Canada and you're cut off, or you come with us and then you get to live in Europe. And <laughs> I've been to Europe before when I was 16 and 17, and so I was happy to go back. And so I, I, I went and moved with them to Spain. And then soon after, I got a scholarship to study in Italy. And so I did my entire university career in Italy with one year in Paris. Wow. Yeah. So what did you go to university for? International law. Oh, well, yeah. then it's good that you jumped around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I needed to do something international for sure. And I'm one of those, um, I didn't know what to study, but I know that I needed to study. And guess what my dad does for a living? Mm. He's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, so it was a bit of a cliche. And then it was two years into my university studies, I realized that I don't want to be around any more lawyers. But I really still didn't know what to do. So I kind of stuck to my guns and I ended. I mean, I continued all the way to graduation. So... Happy to have graduated and then never went picked up a law book since. So okay, yeah. so Spain, Italy, Paris. Uh, what happened after that? <laughs> I met my wife, and she was uh, an exchange student from Poland. Um, so we met. I was kind of the local foreigner in in Italy, and we fell in love. And we, after a year of just 
being together every single day and then we decided okay let's keep this going so we kept it going and then soon after we were engaged and then we got married i mean this before still that all in france no this okay. is in italy, in italy. Sorry. yeah so we we got engaged and then she went back to poland to finish her thesis i got a an internship in brussels we were doing the long distance thing right before i finished my my internship in brussels she moved to england and got a job um and this was 2008 Eight, so that really dates me. Of you know, I, I am now forty years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so in two thousand eight, I I was with my fiance. Was living in England. I was moving uh, out of Brussels, and I joined her to to live in uh, just outside of um, Cambridge. We lived there. Nice. Yeah, really nice. But it was two thousand eight. And the reason why that day is important is because that's when the financial crisis hit in England. And so I was, it was impossible for me to find a job. So um, we got <laughs> married somehow uh, with our, same, we got married in Spain, what, in the, near my parents' place. So really beautiful wedding. But I was unemployed. And so I decided to, okay, let's go back to Canada. And I, I moved there and brought my wife there. And we lived there for just around two years before the company I started working for in Montreal transferred me over to Geneva. So I lived a year in, in Geneva, in Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's insane. <laughs> yes. Where haven't you lived? <laughs> yeah, I think that, that would have been the, the easier even, question. We're yeah. not even in Sweden yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, Geneva was great for the salary, and it was just really amazingly located. But it turns out that... Even though I had a job, my wife had a really difficult time finding a job. And so she just became the expat wife. So all the people that she ever talked to you talked to were either my colleagues from work or or just me. And a typical scenario would be, it would be Wednesday evening, I come home, my wife will say something like, oh, you're the only human I've, I have spoken to the whole week. I can I can relate. Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of us have been in that position yeah. that have uh, moved to another country. Yeah, especially if the person you're with has a good outlet with work or yeah. something or has always lived there to make friends. And then it's like, if yeah. you can't get a job, where are you going to meet people and in a completely foreign country? Exactly. And some countries tend to have a little bit more of a, how do I say this in the most politically correct way, like a snobby, yeah, I've heard, yeah. like, you know, everyone has nannies. Yeah. In some of these countries. Geneva was such a place yeah. where either you work for the UN or the Red Cross or you work for an oil and gas company or a bank. Mm. And yeah, everybody was there for their one or two year term contracts. And so there was no community feeling. Nobody was there to, you know, to stay. Set, yeah, to stay. So after a year of living in, in Geneva, they were about to offer me a permanent contract, which was amazing. But then I turned it down and we did the... Non-conventional thing is we bought a Volkswagen hippie van. Well, it wasn't the, the 1980s van. And we drove all the way to Spain. And I knocked on my parents' door and said, Mom, Dad, I need a job. <laughs> my parents were happy to see me. And um, so we moved there. And soon after, maybe like a year after, my daughter was born. So I, I, I was working full-time with my mom and um with her, her doing, company doing, doing diplomat stuff like no no no, no. at the time mm -hmm. my mom had started her own it was kind of like community management so this is condominiums that they have in Spain and so she would be the one doing the accounting and all the management of, of that uh, so 
not the most amazing job ever, but it, it paid some salaries. Um, so I worked with her and my daughter was born and it was going great. When my daughter was about to turn three, we started looking at schools. And I don't know if you've ever been to Marbella or to that part of the world. It's very kind of like a, how do I explain it? So Marbella is full of rich people or people who want to show off how rich they are. Mm-hmm. And so there's some expats that are living there and they're there either because they want to make money or they have like some ties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have some private schools. You have the, the English school, the German school, the Norwegian school, all great schools, but they cost an arm and a leg. So we were thinking, okay, um, where do we send my daughter to school? And if we're going to spend this much money for school, we might as well, you know, move <laughs> move out of here and go somewhere else. And so we've met uh, another couple that were living there and they used to work at Spotify and they told me, hey, you know what? You guys would be great in Stockholm. You have, you know, you like organic food. You like to, you know, be in nature. You guys are not so party, crazy animals. So it's a good place to, to go there with your daughter. And literally, we just looked at each other, my, my wife and I, and we're like, okay, that sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, we did some Googling. It turns out that, yeah, they, they have a lot of great things going on. You know, like you hear things like paternity leave, maternity leave, the Swedish way of, you know, raising kids and, and, and so on. And we're like, okay, we're going to give this a shot. So we put our house in the market. It sold really quick. And... When that happened, we're like, oh, shit, we're really going to do this. <laughs> so I, I rented an Airbnb. Actually, no, I booked a three-week trip solo by myself. This is in April 2015. And I came here for three weeks, and I stayed in different Airbnbs. I specifically selected Airbnbs where the host was an immigrant. So the, my first... So you could get the lowdown. Exactly. Yeah. So I could get <laughs> nice. the real story. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So I stayed with a an Indian family first in Hagerstan, just outside in the south side of Stockholm. Oh, so you were staying like, you weren't getting the whole place you were staying as like a roommate. Like That's a, right. Okay. Yeah. So I was staying within, in, in a three week trip, I would stay in five different places. And some of them were students that, that had an extra room. Some of them were, um, there was actually one Swedish family that I, the only Swedish family I stayed with, but... Other than that, they're all immigrants. Mm-hmm. There was a Syrian guy who was a computer scientist, the Indian family who were working with, with Ericsson and so on. And so I really wanted to get the immigrant experience before I decided to move there. And I think it, it was up after arriving for three days, I literally was walking into playgrounds and I would see some parents, you know, with their with their kids and I would just be me by myself approaching them. It's like, excuse me, don't be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be alarmed. You know, I'm not a creep. I really just want to know how do you like the neighborhood? What do you think of living in Sweden? And is it true? I will ask questions like, is it true that you get six months off? Do you actually take those months off? Wow. And yeah, because one thing is like things that you hear and you Google stuff and you go on forums and one thing is when you hear it from the horse's mouth. Wow. So I actually went and probably surprised how meticulous i am but this is like the 10th country like i live in so i know what to do yeah yeah that's, i know that that's when really you good. arrive the first thing you do is you yeah. get a cell, uh, sim card for your phone yeah the second thing you do is like you try to get an address where you could get receive your letters so then yeah. you can do your immigration papers <gasps> so i knew all that and after three days of being here i i just called my wife and i said i think we're gonna do this this is 
yeah, it's as good as it sounds. Of course, it was April, so the weather was kind of nice. Mm. <laughs> so, but this is still 2015. Yeah, 2015. Okay. And then, of course, in June 2015, I think we had the migrant crisis as well. Mm-hmm. So it was... Ah. At the time, we had our base camp in, in Poland, so I was coming back and forth be, between Poland. Mm-hmm. And it took me around six months to find a job, and I started working as a teacher, even though I'm not a qualified teacher. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best jobs ever because it's so rewarding, teaching kids. And I got to teach ESL English, which I'm more than Can happy to do. Can we pause here yeah. for a second? Yeah. How many languages do you speak fluently? Because I always find this quite interesting. I speak you know, English, of course, then Spanish, French and Italian fluently, but I learned a little bit of Swedish and a little bit of Polish. But and with your daughter, does your wife speak Polish to her? Correct. And you speak English. I'm going to assume. Yes. Okay. Yes, because my wife and I, we we've always spoke English. And then my daughter was born in Spain, so we assumed that she was going to learn Spanish eventually. But then we moved here. I never switched to back to Spanish. So right now, I'm in the process of teaching my daughter Spanish. Yeah. yeah, but when she goes to school, you're going to have the opportunity between Spanish or French, most likely, right? Correct. So our idea is that she's going to pick Spanish, but we want at least one subject to be easy on her. Yeah, so so we moved here, and we've been here now for, for almost six years or seven years, and, and it's going great. Is there anything that you expected that didn't quite work out, or the opposite? I knew that Swedes were introverted, and I, I knew that you know, Nordic people kind of stick, to, but I did not expect this level of, of exclusion, feeling excluded. I think, I mean, Swedes are great people, but if you don't have, your partner's not Swedish, and if you don't have a common reason for speaking to them, it's almost really, really hard to break in. And, and so we found it really, really challenging to make friends or to interact with people or your neighbors. You have no contact with your neighbors. No. It is so, yeah, it is quite a challenge. So uh, I'm going to assume you've made some friends by now. Do you have any tips? Yeah, I mean, you have to have like a a door opener, which is either if you have kids, like I said, the Swedes need a reason for speaking to you. Mm. And when you have kids, then obviously your kids, you know, have a play date and then you, you start. Yeah. But even then it's difficult. But then join any sports clubs at work. But then what happens is, Swedish people tend to compart. How do we say it? They Compartmentalize. T- um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, their friendships. So there is never any cross. So if you're friends right. from work, are your friends from work, and they will never interact from your friends from from your school. Right. And, and so <laughs> I can see yeah. that there was a benefit. Yeah. Because then, what if something goes wrong here and goes wrong here? But th- that means that the Swedish people don't trust their friends to be able to be responsible and, maybe, and be maybe able to interact the with wrong each other. word, but like, I don't know the psychological reasons why it's know. this I way. I come from a culture where when you're throwing a party, the more the merrier. Ex- and, yeah. and and if people don't like each other, let them figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm the host. I don't care. I mean, right. I'm not responsible for you having a great time. That's up to you. But I think the Swedes take that responsibility maybe way too seriously. <laughs> So since you and your wife are already from two different countries, yeah. cultures, and you cannot really be classified in one culture. Correct. Are there traditions or things that you celebrate that you've taken with you from each place and kept with you? Like maybe you like this holiday in this culture and even yeah. though they don't 
celebrate it, you've kind of adopted it or foods or ways of doing things? That's an excellent question because I've been very fortunate to have been like that I grew up in Canada and Canada is a very, very inclusive society. And so maybe like you're American, I guess. Uh, And so you have Thanksgiving. And the great thing about Thanksgiving is that it's like the holiday for everybody because it's not directly tied to any religion. So therefore, you know, you have people from all over the world that celebrate Thanksgiving. And so I brought that into my family. And so we tend to celebrate Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving, which is much better than American because (laughs) it's not so close to to Christmas. So when is Canadian Thanksgiving? October. But then it's a little too close to Halloween. Is it October 1st? Oh, no, it's like the third week third, of October. Third week of October. Yeah. That is way too close yeah. to Halloween. I actually don't third, know. It's the third week of October. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just eat the food. Actually, before we end this, uh, I know that you also have your own podcast. Yes. And would you like to promote that a bit? It, it sounds like it might have a similar theme to yeah. our podcast. So, so my podcast is called Create Belonging, and it's where I interview people. And we have um, discussions around what it means to belong in, in the world. And I figured out that belonging should not be depend on any specific place or dictated by others, but belonging is something that comes from within. Another thing that I figured out is that everybody who's interested in belonging is because at one point in their lives, they, they felt not belonging. And I felt like I didn't belong many, many times as since I was a kid, even belonging, not in my family as well. And so I was really curious and attuned to, okay, what is what does it mean to really belong? And for somebody like me, who's third culture kid, who has lived in many places, you know, I go back to Argentina and people say, no, you don't, you don't belong here. And then obviously here in Stockholm, people know that I'm a foreigner. And the same thing in Canada, everybody, when I, when I decided to move to Europe, all my friends in high school is like, yeah, you belong in Europe. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, So it, it was so weird. And so I wanted to find my own belonging. And in, in that, I, I, I kind of, you know, through reading a ton of books on belonging, I kind of discovered that belonging should not be dependent on any external factors, but it's something that you find from within. So it's a brilliant podcast. I mean, yeah. I've definitely listened to a, like most of the episodes. Not yeah. only that, I mean, yeah. it's on my, yeah, but... I, you know, just talking about that, that ability to give what you're doing to somebody else that hopefully they'll be like, aha, because yeah. I think that same time when you find that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite dangerous when you, when s- you allow somebody else to tell you, you don't belong mm-hmm. and then you actually internalize that. And yeah. that is something that is, should not happen. I yeah. would imagine that you're not lost for guests because honestly, I don't think there is anybody in this world who has never had a moment of yeah. not. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think, well, yeah wonderful. Like you, can I just say one last thing? Because I know we were talking about this when you said you started this podcast, right? I mean, you started this for the sake of being able to meet people and like it's got uh, like a red thread of belonging in it too, right? As you try and figure out the funny things about Sweden and the things that we love and all this, like, like I, that's why there's... Well, yeah, I mean, belonging is a fundamental value. It, it's one of, you know, after food and shelter, you need to find community. Mm. So, unfortunately, before, we knew exactly how to get that because you find it within your tribe. But what happens in a globalized world when we don't automatically belong with the people around us? How do you find that belonging, which is a fundamental need? 
So I think I found some answers and I would like to share them. That's podcast. wonderful. So it's called Create Belonging yeah. and it's wherever you find podcasts? Correct. Well, I thank you. Thank you so much, Matteo, for You're welcome. For I, being it's on. been a pleasure and, and please, um, yeah, I'm so glad to, to be invited. I think you're doing an excellent service for all us expats that are here in Stockholm and trying to make sense of uh, our lives here. So thank you. <laughs> we yeah. try. And now yeah. I just want to give you, give you a big hug. <laughs> <laughs>